Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates or low minimum payments. Before you know it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. It has happened to millions of good people just like you. But here's the good news. Thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and even reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. Call 800 9916376 now. The call and information are free. Credit Guard has helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Call 800-991-6376 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-991-6376. That's 800-991-6376. Again, 800-991-6376. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks. Good afternoon. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, Eastern Standard Time. Right here at the USA Radio Network. You're welcome to join the program. 919-896-8198 is the number. 919-896-8198. And, of course, we're joined by my good friend, Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld, author of NEA, Trojan Horse and American Education, The Whole Language, OBE Fraud, and his latest book available in a couple of weeks, actually, that being The Crimes of the Educators, presently available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, as well as the WND Books website. Sam, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, pleasure to be with you. And, of course, the book is now available at Barnes & Noble and also at Amazon. As a matter of fact, on the Amazon um, website, there are already reviews and also uh, some of the, some of the um, short reviews that you did and others when you read the book before it was um, in print. Yeah. So it's a very interesting site, and um, I believe there's, there's, there's going to be growing interest in this book because it really solves the education problem. For the first time, people will become aware of why and how the system has been uh, turned into the, you know, mess that it is today uh, you, know, you know sam I, I think that there's going to be as you say growing interest and i think it's going to continue to grow as we move into the next campaign season in the coming months and i think that particular will particularly will be highlighted by this huge backlash against common core curriculum oh, and yeah. it's a backlash that uh, seems to transcend uh, ideological and partisan lines too there's a lot of liberals who are just as against it, because after all, we all care about the education of our children. There's a large percentage of liberals out there who I would describe as unwitting. You know, they're just in it because it's fashionable. They don't really understand the 
the trueness, the true ramifications, and they are a potential audience for your book. In fact, I think oh yes, you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, there is a movement among liberals in the in the public schools uh, protesting the taking of tests. They are against standardized tests. They are resisting having to take them. And of course, with Common Core, you get a whole bunch of tests. Um, you know, to see that people are up to the, the so-called standards which are very vague. Nobody really knows what the standards are, as usual, since this is a product of the education establishment. And um, so uh, the, there's going to be a great deal of, of resistance against it among the left as well as the right, which is an unusual situation where you have uh, liberals, leftists in the schools uh, coming together with the conservatives on this issue of Common Core. So we'll see what happens, even though many schools have already uh, adopted Common Core. For example, I just did a, a an article on uh, the schools in Wellingham, Washington, where their full-day kindergarten is being conducted under a a, a common core curriculum and if you read it if you read the article about what they're teaching you will see that it's not high literacy uh, you know you can't solve the problems of education you can't get the poor out of poverty unless you aim for high literacy and none of these programs aim for high literacy they uh, they aim for a low level type of proletariat literacy which uses the right brain to perform the functions of the left brain which of course creates brain impairment but uh, these teachers just uh, you know keep doing what they're doing and they've been told by their professors of education that it's the way to go so uh, I hope that my book will wake up a, a lot of people and particularly the candidates that are going to be running for um, the presidential um, spot in uh, 2016. Which brings me to um, our um, our president, who is betraying Israel in a way that's unprecedented. This man is really throwing Israel under the bus because he's determined to form a partnership with Iran. And I don't think that the Iranians want a partnership with the great Satan. I mean, theologically, it just doesn't work for them. You know, it may work for Obama to make an alliance with the world's greatest uh, producer of terror. Uh, but um, I think they're going, the mullahs are going to resist. And yet, you can see that the Arab states in the Gulf have assumed that Obama has already betrayed them. He's not going to help them. And so they are going to form their own military forces to take back Yemen and probably stop uh, Iraq from being taken over by um, Iran. 
So it's, it's, it's really an incredible mess that Obama has gotten us into, uh, you know, and uh, I, I just wonder how long this is going on before um, some generals from the Pentagon march up to the White House and arrest this man for treason. You know, something's got to, has to be done to stop him, don't you think? Well, Sam, you know, it looks like uh, even growing numbers of liberals are, are waking up to this. It's, uh, you know, it's really been a despicable process where it's almost like um, Obama and Kerry are there begging on their hands and knees for Iran to give them some kind of a piece of paper so that they could get off the airplane and wave it in the wind while everyone stands under their umbrellas like they did with the very liberal British Prime Minister Chamberlain, who tilted toward the Nazi side versus the communist side um, in 1938. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it is very much uh, comparable to that sort of situation. Um, much of the uh, Arab world now is um, more pro-America, if you will, than, than, America, than our American government. Uh, you know, the Saudis, of course, the state of Israel, but we're talking about you know the Saudis, Egypt, Jordan. These countries are, are are also outraged over the idea of Iran being handed over a nuclear bomb. And uh, you know the the idea that that this is not what's going on is absurd. So I wonder what really is going on here. Why exactly is our government trying to give a green light so Iran can have a nuclear bomb? Why do we want them to have that? Well, that's because Obama wants it. Obama is a traitor, and he's acting like a traitor, and that's what a traitor would do. A traitor would do the opposite of what of what an American president should do, and that is bomb the hell out of these uh, uh, nuclear sites in um, in in Iran. I mean, you know. Uh, uh, John Bolton wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Journal of the Times, I forget which one, in which he said the only solution is to bomb the uh, 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 Iranian nuclear sites. That's the only solution. And, of course, that's uh, uh, Obama has gone away from the military solution, slowly but surely. And uh, he's just a pure, unadulterated traitor, and uh, and is getting away with it because Americans do not know how to deal with a traitor in the White House. Uh, when I mentioned, uh, I, I attended a, a, a small Republican meeting the other night, and I mentioned that generals should, from the Pentagon ought to go to the White House and arrest them, and this one gentleman said, well, that's not the American way. Well, what is the American way? We've never... We've never been in this situation before. Not only that, but I've I, I've uh, read somewhere that another ten thousand kids are coming in from uh, Central America. I mean, uh, almost uh, almost daily, yeah. Yes, I mean, going across the border, thousands a day. I mean, what more does this man have to do before we stop him? I mean, they're not going to impeach him. Uh, I don't know why not, uh, but they're not going to impeach him. The generals aren't going to march from the Pentagon to the White House. 
America's going to sit by while this man betrays our, our best ally. And, and what do you think American Jews are going to do? They're so confused now. Uh, they may even back Obama. Uh, what do I'm you sure think the are. American Jewish community is going to be doing? The American Jewish community is still goose-stepping around with Obama. They they have no, um, they don't know what it is to, um, actually, they don't know what it is to be a Jew. I mean, I, this is kind of an anecdote, but the other day, I mean, I was um, I was told about this this sort of elderly Jewish woman who was at a um, an event recently here in Boston, who insisted that um, being, for example. Being against abortion was not the Jewish way, she tells us. You yeah. know, somehow Judaism advocates abortion. Now, these people, I mean, they, they have their own bizarre religion. I mean, they don't have any conception uh, of, of what, what this is about. Now, I assume that you're going to be going to the synagogue or the temple on, on Passover, right? Yes, sure. Well, I hope you will ask the, some of the congregants their views on this whole thing particularly his betrayal yeah. of Israel and what their response is. I'd be very curious to know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, I don't, I don't hold out much hope that, um, that you know, th their loyalties are with anything other than Obama overall, you know, the great and glorious leader. And uh, <laughs> it's really a bizarre, yeah, it's a bizarre disconnect is, is really the only way to describe it. Uh, well, it's very so disappointing. I don't really... It is. It's very. It's it's ugly. It's uh, just um, there's no um, rational for it for sure. But yeah, I mean that's that's what's going on. It's, that's right. Uh, and, you know, but of course, it. this idea of a partnership with Iran. I mean, that's so mm -hmm. totally impossible. I mean, how can you have a partnership with a nation that preaches genocide against Israel? You know, and they haven't given up on that. I mean, just recently they were all, you know, all talking about death to America, death to Israel. And uh, their leadership is, hasn't given up on it. I don't know. They must be totally confused by what Obama's trying to do. Because uh, yeah, I mean, that's right. uh, Obama is the great Satan. <laughs> Not to them. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, he, uh, they keep calling America the great Satan. And here's Obama's handing, it, handing America to them on a silver platter. Okay, we'll be right back. Not all barbecues are the same. Not all guitar licks are the same. Not all motor oils are the same either. Valvoline Full Synthetic High Mileage with Max Life Technology actually is different. It's the superior protection of synthetic for cars over 75,000 miles. But don't just believe us. See for yourself at seeadifference.com. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. How many more times is he going to need to come home drunk or high before you realize that unless he gets professional help, things are never going to get better? How many more times is she going to steal from you to pay for her habit before you finally admit that you need an expert to help you get the treatment she needs to get her life back on track again? At the American Drug Treatment Centers, we specialize in helping you and your loved ones conquer the demons of addiction. 
Whether it's drugs or alcohol, our network of centers are ready to help you get the loving treatment your husband, wife, or child needs to get his or her life back. If you've been asking for a sign or a direction on what to do, then consider this ad an act of fate. Call 800-461-3594 today for the real help you need to make real change. Again, 800-461-3594. That's 800-461-3594. 800-461-3594. Did you get a new job last year? Or did you not get a new job because on the way to the interview, you remembered you're terrible at interviews, so you hired a guy off the Internet to do the interview for you and didn't really think it through because he got the job and is now very happy in his new position. Huh. No matter what you went through last year, answering questions like, did you get a new job, is much simpler. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. Turn down that radio! If this sounds familiar, you know it's time to address your hearing loss. But custom hearing aids can cost as much as $5,000 each and are not covered by Medicare. The good news is MD Hearing Aid offers medical-grade, FDA-registered hearing aids for savings of up to 90% over traditional hearing aids. MD Hearing Aid was founded by a Chicago surgeon determined to develop a hearing aid that was technologically advanced, simple to use, and most of all, affordable. Call 1-800-485-4408. You'll speak with a trained MD hearing aid professional who will match you with the best hearing aid for your needs. Over 100,000 satisfied customers have already made the call. Call right now for our exclusive 45-day risk-free trial and get free shipping and a year's worth of free batteries, a $50 value. But you have to call right now. Call MD hearing aid at 1-800-485-4408. That's 1-800-485-4408. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pen and jot down this special number. Call 800-919-8536. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for much less money. Call 800-919-8536. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99. Best of all, there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you want. When you watch it, record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials, and watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Call 800-919-8536. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut cost and get more. Call today, 800-919-8536. That's 800-919-8536. Again, 800-919-8536. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much, and we are back. By the way, you're welcome to join the program. 919-896-8198. What is in your mind this afternoon? 919-896-8198. Yesterday I had Michael Shermer on the program. He's the author of a book called The Moral Arc. The book yeah. is uh, gets into the development of morality starting in the late 17th century, um, the, but this is two things. Number one, there's no mention of God. The guy's an atheist. And secondly, he uh, he's such a, an obsessive believer 
in the theory of evolution that he believes that morality has evolved through biology, which is oh, a very ridiculous. interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a uh, very. Yeah, I mean it's really quite novel, actually. And uh, so well, we but I mean talk. that's the prob- That's the problems that the secularists have, since they believe in evolution. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Ten Commandments. And of course, uh, uh, morality, Western morality, begins with the Ten Commandments. I mean, in which Moses outlined what, you know, what thou shalt and thou shalt not. I mean, and it's it's as clear as ever. And that's why the Ten Commandments are as, are as pertinent, uh, today and should be posted in every public school in America, as ever, as ever, you know, it says, "Thou shalt not steal," and that's one of the pro- problems you have with with public school is that they're into, um, you know, whether you do in a department store and or you know the uh, uh, so much theft going on. I mean, the, the the department stores lose billions of dollars a year. With people stealing things in the stores, but if you ha- but if they post a "Thou shalt not steal," that might have an effect, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, yeah, his thing is um, it's it's hard to to explain it. But basically, um, it's more than just the Ten Commandments, the Torah, which is what we look to in the West. It it lays out the uh, the the basis of of limited government. It lays out the basis of private ownership of property. I mean, the first recorded purchase of property was that when Abraham bought the cave of Machpelah for his to bury his wife. It's still there, right? You know, this is, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it. Uh, Jethro in the in the in Sinai told taught Moses how to govern by creating limited government, a council of elders, a separate judiciary. You know, it set up a means by which slavery could be abolished. Yeah, you know, they love to say, "Oh, well, the Bible had slaves." Yeah, but yeah, it, and, if it and, wasn't for the Bible, you, it, there right? would be slavery today. I mean, the whole idea that an individual can enslave another—that's that's a biblical concept. It's based. The Bible basically um, set the stage by which slaves, because that's what was going on at the time, there would be rules about how slaves were to be treated. They were to be given rights. In a sense, it was the world's first labor laws. That's all in the Bible. Exactly, and, uh, and that's for him what to think that, yeah, you know, the Bible is the foundation of our of our um, governmental system. I mean, yes. it was the Declaration of Independence and the and the Constitution were written by men who knew the Bible very well, and they didn't deviate from it. I mean, so the whole concept of individual freedom and rights coming down from God and not from the government. That's directly out of the Bible. And, uh, of course, that's what makes our government so unique is because for the first time in history, individuals were given freedom by God, not by their government. And uh, the government was, was said to be the securer of those rights and those freedoms. The purpose of government is to secure the unalienable rights of the citizens. This was totally new, because prior to that, 
Uh, everybody assumed that your rights came from the king or the emperor or uh, God knows whatever, uh, you know, form. And, uh, and that's why this country is so different, because it provided human beings the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And there's so much included in that pursuit of happiness. You can't pursue happiness unless you have the freedom to do so. And that is why Obama wants to throttle the individual. He's a, he's a true... He and John Dewey were uh, are, um, uh, a collectivists. They don't believe in individualism. They've done everything in their power to destroy individualism. But, the, but individualism oh, is such a powerful point. force. That it, 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 yeah, I mean, exactly. The only way people up to get the power of it. Hi, I'm Joan London. When I needed to find senior care for my mom, I really struggled to find the right fit until I found an advisor, someone who had been through this before. That's why I recommend A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. They have experts who will help you ask the right questions and find the right place. Call A Place for Mom today. To speak with the local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-469-7591. That's 1-800-469-7591. A Place for Mom has helped over 200,000 families find the right senior care for their parents, from assisted living to independent living, even Alzheimer's care, and have local advisors that can help explain your options at no cost to you. To speak with the local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-469-7591. That's 1-800-469-7591. Call today. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. Here. 919-896-8198. 919-896-8198. You know, we're talking a little bit about uh, my guest yesterday, Michael Shermer, in his book, The Moral Arc. The book, uh, the show has got, generated a lot of interest um, online. There's been a big buzz about my get my interview on the social media network. And you should see some of the nasty comments I'm getting. How dare I question the theory of evolution? Oh, my God. That's a, that's, a, that's like the uh, sacrosanct. But, uh, but the fact is that morality was not invented, unlike what Michael Shermer says, and it's not something that suddenly popped out of nowhere. 
in the 18th century, although I will say that it got a major boost when the United States declared its independence from Britain in 1776. It also got a major boost when the Emperor Constantine became a Christian. That was an event that shook the world. Uh, but according to these leftist, secular, so-called scientists who wrapped themselves in the flag of science, all of morality suddenly occurred miraculously in uh, you know in the 17th century. And he talks about uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King at, at Selma and, and how this was the moral arc. But he fails to note that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Christian minister, that the movement, the civil rights movement, was a Christian movement. Fails to note that. Anyway, Sam? Yeah, well, of course, uh, the um, evolutionists, uh, you know, don't don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in God. And, of course, that has destroyed so much of American education because they're telling children that they are no better than their cats or dogs, no better than their pets, and there is no purpose to life uh, except to enjoy its pleasures, you know. And and the result is that you can uh, that you have more depression among young people today than we've ever had in in in, a, in the history of this country. Uh, people need to feel that they uh, people have to know that they have a purpose in life. They're here for a reason. That God put them here for a reason, and that God Himself has a reason for creating this universe. And, of course, all of that is missing from evolution. And so they have to also invent the source of morality. Because if, if, the, if the Bible uh, is, is wrong and, and is a, a bunch of mythology, then uh, they have to find a rational source of uh, morality. But, of course, this country's morality is based on the Bible, on the King James Version. There's no doubt about it. And also the Geneva Version, which the uh, pilgrims and the uh, Puritans brought over with them. I mean, they were able to create a civilization in the wilderness because they had a, um, uh, a model for morality, a model for a civilized society. They didn't come here with a with a blank, when it, uh, you know, and, and started creating a civilization out of nothing. I mean, the Bible was their was their a blueprint for creating a civilization here in the wilderness. And um, but you know, the the evolutionists, the secularists, will keep uh, trying to convince us that there is no God. There is no divine morality. Uh, there is no purpose to life. And, uh, of course, that's total and complete nonsense. You know, I mentioned to him that the only morality that comes out of the theory of evolution, and that is assuming that that theory is, is uh, actually scientific, putting that aside, let's say for the sake of argument that it is, the morality there is one principle, survival of the fittest. It was Herbert Spencer who coined the phrase. Right. He was a social Darwinist, but it was Darwin himself who put it into his book, and Darwin himself was a social Darwinist. I mean, if you yeah. read, uh, you know, uh, Descent of Man, you see that. 
survival of the fittest is their own only morality, and that's what dictates them. We'll be back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore Speaks, people listen. We're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to usaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Did you know by age 50... Half of all men have an enlarged prostate. This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-391-6916. In clinical trials, the ingredient in Superbeta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This Superbeta Prostate-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-391-6916. That's 1-800-391-6916. Call 1-800-391-6916. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks. Thanks so much, Sam Blumenfeld's my guest. So, Sam, we're talking about the, uh, the secular worldview, the biological view, that um, man is nothing more than a bag of bones, basically, and that um, the embrace of the uh, theory of evolution, which is a theory of breeding, the idea that uh, one group, uh, one person breeds with another superior members of the species to give birth to a superior member of the species until ultimately out pops a new uh, race or a new species. 
Now, well, yeah, I've had the, this discussion. Uh, yeah, the uh, survival of the fittest, the, you know, that's and, what and that's, that's all that about. That is exactly what Darwinism is. That's what this is. What is meant by evolution? <coughs> and this is uh, this is what uh, Spencer was talking about, and also Galton when they applied those principles to the human society by advocating breeding. Now, you know, I've interviewed and talked with people who advocate this theory, and they kick and scream and yell at me for bringing this up. They say, well, the word evolution doesn't really mean to evolve. It has a different scientific meaning. It doesn't mean what the dictionary says. Or they'll say things like, yeah, yeah I point out to them that the idea that man is created equal, that's a religious idea. That comes from the Bible. The uh, Darwin idea is that man is not equal that there are different levels of the evolutionary chain. Some are more evolved than others, some less evolved. That There's no way around that. And they'll scream at me and hang up the phone. But in the end of the day, that is exactly what this theory advocates. And it was a theory that was embraced by the Nazis, who believed in creating a superior race. It was also embraced by the communists, who believed in creating this utopian society. What they did was they superimposed Darwin's biological theory on their social theory. And that's basically what Michael Shermer is doing here. He's superimposing the biological theory of evolution on his belief that morality comes from you know, somehow evolution. And that's how he justifies things like gay rights and animal rights and, uh, and a long list of other rights. That somehow these things are because of the, the biological evolution of morality. Which is to well, say that there you is know, no that's such an interesting thing as morality. Yeah, the, it's interesting you mentioned gay rights there because we have this whole um, conflict going on between Christians and gays. Uh, I'll, I'll discuss that when we come back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Maurice Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thanks so much. My guest is Sam Blumenfeld. The Crimes of the Educators available at Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble. And Sam, we're talking about this secular worldview that um, I encountered yesterday from uh, Michael Shermer, the author of The Moral Arc, which, by the way, is a very good book. It, it has a great history in it of the development of of modern morals. The only problem is that there's, well, there are two things missing. 
no God. It's like he edited God out. It's like Stalin whiting out, you know, figures in a picture. And, and this obsessive, almost, you know, fetish-like adherence to the theory of evolution beyond what the theory actually even says. I mean, putting aside whether or not there is a biological evolution, which is to say breeding leads to a superior race. Well, there are so many, so many, such complexities in in organic life that preclude uh, the idea that all of this could have happened by accident. It's just impossible. There had to be a a higher no, absolutely uh, a, a higher I agree, power. I agree more, Sam. But but the thing that he this where he goes beyond that is he's um, he basically is affixing the idea yeah. of evolution into morality that somehow morality just evolves biologically. In other words, well, you know, we we're, have we're having choice, problems in we're having problems in morality uh, here. You know, uh, did you listen to Governor Pence? And was trying to justify whatever oh, no. law they're trying to write to well, all um, the bigots and the haters are, are coming out. What was that? Yeah, all the bigots and haters. All the bigots and haters are coming out the, who despise yeah. but religion. But the point is, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion that if we want to preserve individual freedom, that first Christians should cease trying to ban uh, gay marriage. They should cease trying to ban it, and then gays should would should stop trying to force Christians to do things for them which Christians don't want to do. I mean, if a Christian baker doesn't want to make a a uh, wedding cake for a great gay couple, let him go to some other baker. Why do they have to force uh, you know a Christian right. baker to do it? That doesn't make sense. So if you want to preserve you know, Sam, freedom this is, in this country, you have to let Christian bakers choose whatever, you know, whoever they want to serve. And, uh, and, and Christians have to finally decide that, that they ought not to pass laws banning gay marriage. I mean, if gays want to no, marry, agree, let Sam. them marry. Who cares? Let them know? do it. No, maybe, I, maybe, I agree, maybe they'll Sam, create they... a, st- a certain stability among uh, gay people in this country. But that's the only way you're going to ensure freedom for all. You know, Sam, the, the, uh, the issue is more than just forcing the baker to make a gay wedding cake. This is an attempt by the government, and they're acting as a vanguard, to interfere further into the private business of a company. I mean, right. the idea should should a gov like if you walk into an art gallery, do you have a right to force the artist to paint a picture your way? You know, this is a you know this is an issue of freedom of expression. The company, the baker, has a right to bake the cake any way they want. They're not discriminating against the gay person. The gay person can go in there and buy any cake they want. They can buy the same cakes everyone else can buy. This is the gay person forcing the baker to bake the cake the way they want it. They can buy the cake the way the baker bakes it or not. You know, what if, like, let's say the baker was, was Jewish and the wedding was a Nazi wedding and they came in, they want to have a cake baked in the fit, in the shape of Hitler's mustache, you know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, shouldn't he have a right to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do this? Or the, or the baker was black and a couple came in wanting a clan wedding. They want to put, like, nooses on the cake. You know, the baker has a right to say, I'm not going to do this. It runs against my conscience. You could go somewhere else 
You could buy one of my cakes the way I make them, but I am not going to do this. No, they have to force the baker to make the cake their way, and if they don't make it their way, they're going to get fined, and that could ultimately lead to imprisonment. That's what no, they're trying course, to do. This is no so more than the government forcing. But at the same time, Christians should stop trying to ban gay marriage. I mean, that doesn't make sense either. If, if gays want to marry, let them marry. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe let it'll marry create you know, just some turn the stability. Other way. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think let them marry and then just look askance. You know, it's sort of, I, I don't think that in the long run this is a sustainable, organic idea. I don't think that the gay marriage is something most gay people want. When it first came on the scene, most gay people were scratching their heads and saying, what is this all about? We don't want to be married. We didn't become gay to get married. We came to, you know, it's like it runs the opposite of what we're doing here. And, but and but, it's, in, the, but the it's interesting, if you read the New York Times marriage uh, announcement, they have uh, gay marriages, lesbian marriages. Oh, sure. So uh, listen to the process. No. Right, we'll be right back. This report is brought to you by Kelly Blue Books KBB.com, the leading provider of new and used vehicle information. Today, vehicles come in a plethora of shapes and styles to suit any need. An outdoorsy family might prefer an SUV, whereas urbanites could be drawn to minivans and sedans. The selection can be daunting and make it hard for families to know which vehicle is right for them. So the expert editors at KBB.com put real families to the test to discover the 15 best family cars of 2015. KBB.com Executive Editorial Director and Executive Executive Market Analyst Jack R. Nerad. We recruited families to assist our expert editors in this laborious evaluation, putting the best family car candidates to a real-life test, including vehicles in two new categories, full-size pickup trucks, and compact cars. Evaluated on comfort and driving, safety, child seats, cargo space, rear seat entertainment, and extra features, this year's group of winners are deemed the most worthy of family duty. For more information and to discover the best option for your family, visit www.kbb.com. Visit kbb.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. And Sam Blumenfeld's here. I've got Phyllis Chesler coming up today in hour number two. She's the author of many, many fine books about anti-Semitism. She's a former feminist who was uh, shocked to find that the feminist movement was so anti-Semitic and so anti-Israel that it led her on a path of discovery, and she's, uh, she's written very important works on, on this issue, why the left is so anti-Semitic. Sam, we have just a few minutes. Again, let people know how they can get your book. Well, they can get um, Crimes of the Educators now. They can go to Amazon, uh, which also has a good discount price, I noticed. Uh, also, Barnes & Noble. And also a World Net Daily Superstore. So there are these three places. And I don't know which one has the cheapest price, but um, if you want to buy the book, you might try or see which 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 one of the three has the um, the best price. But I I urge uh, our listeners to get the book because it can have a powerful effect on the next election. Uh, because it'll, it finally exposes the progressive conspiracy to change this country from a constitutional republic 
to a socialist society. Uh, there, uh, and Dewey, of course, was the leader of the movement, and his essay, which outlines the plan, uh, is uh, published in complete form in the book as an appendix. So if they want to read Dewey's plan to dumb down America, they'll be able to read it by buying the book, and they will see that this plan was meticulously thought out, that they realized that the best way to dumb down Americans was to uh, change the way they teach reading so that Americans would never achieve high literacy. They would just uh, be able to read uh, English words as if they were Chinese characters. And, of course, that would limit their ability to, to master the written word. So I highly recommend that your listeners uh, go to Amazon. They say life is about choices. So let me introduce you to one of the best choices you can make in life. Granger Choice. The Granger Choice product line has just about everything we need to keep this place running. From batteries to V-belts, safety to sump pumps. And with Granger Choice, we can trust that every product is dependable and cost-effective. When it comes to making life choices, here's a great one. Granger Choice. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash choice or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Chris Walt. Since taking Andrew 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away. The radio ad, does it attack belly fat? Well, let me tell you, it did. I've lost six inches. So, guys, if you'd like to get similar results, try Andro 400, the safe, inexpensive way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 866-546-1955, 866-546-1955. The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow, I love this new master bedroom. When you're really only covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow, a Murphy bed. Now you see it. Now you don't. Or how you may be covered if you drive your car into a pool. That pool came out of nowhere. But not if you drive a carpool. Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Would you wait several days for your cell phone to fully charge? Would you wait several days to feel the full effect of relief from your nasal congestion? Flonase Allergy Relief Nasal Spray could take that long. Ugh. But if you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No-Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds uh. and keeps working for 12 hours. So why wait several days to feel the full effect? Uh-uh. When you can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin. <sighs> Afrin, powerful congestion relief without the wait. Use as directed. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks. Thanks so much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, ten till noon, Eastern Standard Time here at the USA Radio Networks. Nine one nine eight nine six eight one nine eight. If you'd like to join us. 919-896-8198. Welcome back. I'd like to welcome to the program Phyllis Chesler. She's an emerita professor 
of Psychology and Women's Studies at City University of New York. She's a best-selling author, a legendary feminist leader. What a list of books she has here. Uh, Phyllis, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Phyllis, are you there? Okay. Uh, let's see. Are we doing something with buttons? There we go. Phyllis, thanks for joining me this afternoon. How are you? My pleasure. Uh, Phyllis, before we get into the issues that I wanted to discuss, the new anti-Semitism in particular, I happen to be perusing your book page, and I notice that you have a book there or a, a, an author, a piece called My Son's Feminist Seder. Given that I am preparing for It's not up at my Seder, website. Oh, it's not? You may be looking at okay. my Facebook page, and I link to it. That might be it. Okay, because okay, I thought I, I I got confused with that. All right, just I was curious to, to know what a, a you know about the feminist seder because I'm getting ready for one with my own family and my daughter. I'm sure would like to know know about that. Well, so. you know, we a small group of us in the mid 1970s uh, began to really f- experiment with uh, talking about the women in the Haggadah story, in the Exodus story, because these people were, even though they're there, really, were disappeared. So that you don't have four daughters, you have four sons asking questions. Uh, the women uh, was, were off stage. So we began to identify ourselves with our names, daughter of, we would name our mother's first name. And in the beginning, it was very powerful. It was more feminist, however, than Jewishly literate or Jewishly evolved. And mm-hmm. my son, um, who's been in the Seder with me every year of his life, was not allowed to come because it was women only, which I strongly mm-hmm. protested. And finally, one year, he was allowed to come. And we did our own Sederim on real Seder nights. So he, in the pages of the tablet, is writing about uh, the plagues that might include violence against women, for example, bringing it right up to the present. Uh, he's talking about how to include the disappeared and the invisible, even to themselves, at a seder. Now, the truth is that I increasingly prefer just a traditional uh, Haggadah, and just use it, and uh, use it in a way that uh, you bring Torah knowledge to it. But our minchag, our custom, clearly is to be more creative and uh, more inclusive, not tribal, but rather um, open. So that's what he wrote in his splendid piece. That's, that's, that's fascinating. And also, it should be noted that the Haggadah, is not a hide-bound uh, manual. It's a, it's something that has evolved and that there are different versions of it. A good friend of my family, that being Professor S- uh, Susanna Heschel, developed the yes. idea of putting an orange on the Seder table. Uh, yes, and the, my, my son Ariel is, mentions that yeah. and now says let's yeah. put orange seeds to represent the coming and future generations. Which I thought was very, very nice. Really, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, um, 
something that you just said reminded me of something important that has just flown out of my head. Uh, yes, okay. in the Haggadah, women for years began elevating Miriam because we don't open the door for Miriam, only for Eliyahu, who has yet to come. And as I studied more and more the Torah, I realized, well, well, Moshe's not mentioned either. I mean, the point being that it was God that got us out of Mitzrayim, the narrow place. So right. um, there's much to discuss uh, about, for sure. example, the civil disobedience at the risk of death that both Pharaoh's daughter, Bacha, who adopted Moshe, risked, and the midwives, whether the midwives Shifra and Pua were really Miriam and Yocheved, her mother, or whether they were Egyptian um, Miladot, we don't know. It's, it's a discussion. But they certainly set quite a role model and an example uh, in terms of what holiest, as well as the highest level, can do uh, to go up against real dictatorial power. Yeah, you bet. I mean, that's, that's what the whole story is about, liberating oneself from this super government uh, nanny state, if you will, and um, and breaking out into um, a modality of freedom that took a full generation before mm-hmm. one could... Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Kind of you know, I wonder where is Egypt now for Jews who are being punished because finally we have a homeland that's sovereign, and it was hoped that once there would be Israel that there would be no more anti-Semitism. But this was wrong. It was illusory. It was only a brief honeymoon period. And so now Jews around the world, in France, I'm thinking, and all over Europe, actually, and I'm told in South America, from a recent conference there, are being attacked, some say by radicalized political Islamists, or by that together with left, European-centric leftist Jew hatred uh, mm-hmm. or a left that's been Palestinianized. And my question then for us is, when do Jews know they have to leave? And uh, Or, at this moment, do Jews have to stay where they are and fight? Well, I mean, that's, that's the key question. Okay, my guess is Phyllis Chesler. She's the author of the new anti-Semitism. Phyllis, of course we expect, you know, anti-Semitism from the hard right, which I, I don't think is a major factor today. We certainly also expect it from the Islamists, and as you, as you point out. But the question that I have is, what is the deal with the, with the left? I mean, many good, well-meaning people. I mean, last summer with the Hamas war, um, a fellow, call, a colleague of mine, a talk radio colleague, that being Tom Hartman, he was going on on a show about, you know, the, the missiles coming out of Gaza as being firecrackers, he called them, and, and that Gaza's a prison camp and that Israel is this aggressor. And this is yeah. a, you know, a well-meaning liberal. And, and then I went to a Hamas rally here in Boston, where I live, with my daughter, and we observed that there were two general types of people there. On the one side, you had Arabs or people who appeared to be Arabs, and they were generally more quiet and respectful. And then you had these white, liberal, left-wing people who were there screaming with their ashen faces and their fists in the air. And, and you know, 
I, I wonder, what, what skin do they have in the game here? You know, they're, they're neither oh. Jewish nor are they Arab, well, although some of them probably are Jewish. We're looking at a perfect storm at this moment in history. On the one hand, there is, as you said, traditional Islamic Jew hatred, and there is also traditional uh, Jew hatred uh, among right-wingers, which is not our problem today, right right now. Right. But what is new, partly, and what creates the perfect storm is the alliance that the progressive so-called good people, the left liberals, including many Jewish left liberals, uh, who have decided that Israel is the worst country on earth, that the Palestinians, ruled by corrupt, uh, misogynist tyrants who are terrorists, I'm thinking of Hamas and I'm thinking of the Palestinian Authority, that they are the poster children for the victim Uba Alice, with whom the left romanticizes and identifies with, and that all other refugees, there are three million Syrian refugees right now who are not poster children and who are not run in their refugee camps by uh, terrorists. We don't care about them. We don't care when right. Arabs well, kill Arabs. That means the left doesn't care. When Muslim on Muslim violence breaks out, which is the story in the meltdown of the Middle East right now. It's a Sunni-Shia religious civil war, in addition to the anti-infidel war. They have been Palestinianized through hugely well-funded and massive disinformation campaigns so that they've been Palestinianized and Stalinized. So what once was genuine liberal or, uh, let's say, uh, well-meaning socialism has now become hard-bitten and viscerally, like a virus has been unleashed, of hatred against Zionism, which is wrongfully, very Orwellian style, wrongfully identified as the Nazi apartheid colonial state. And the leftists, are they are amazing. They're making common cause not just with barbarians, but with barbarians who specifically will kill them first. And who well, do I mean, not I, I honor that... their uh, values of uh, human rights? They're making so the left liberals in the West right. making common cause with the most intolerant and the most dangerous. It's almost a suicide leap that they're engaged in, in the name of anti-racism. And what they well, absolutely I mean, I... cannot admit, just as many leftists in America couldn't admit Stalin's crimes and the nature and extent of them, they seem not to want to know that Islam has a history of colonialism and imperialism, slavery, apartheid, conversion by the sword, that is continues to this moment. So if there would be fairness or balance or accuracy in reportage, then you would have Yes, America had oil interests. Yes, America, for that reason, made deals with tyrants who sat atop oil fields in the Middle East. But Islam did worse. So what are we going to do? Are we going to then say the country America that abolished slavery is the worst country on earth and that the country that practices it, Sudan, for example, um, we're not going to hold them accountable? If so, that's very soft core racism, having much lower standards for people of color well, or people I mean, I, I in the would third argue world. That, 
and I would argue that the left, or at least the left-leaning and the far left, their opposition to things like racism and uh, and whatnot, those are situational. I mean, they're the ones who embraced the communism of not only Stalin, but more recently Mao Zedong, the boat people, you know, uh, Paul Pot. You didn't hear much complaining about that when they, they slaughtered millions of people. So it has nothing to do with any actual belief in, in human rights. It's no, but what they say when it's, challenged is, yeah, yeah, these were the wrong people, and they didn't put the right idea into practice in the right way. Right. That's, they, didn't, they, push, didn't, they didn't get, yeah, they yeah, weren't pure communist enough. That's like saying person, that Hitler wasn't pure Nazi enough. It, well, it's, a, yeah. it's a very bizarre outlook. But but, well, but, uh, I, but then we have to then peel away the onion a little bit and take a look at exactly what this is about, this anti-Israel stand. You know, it's obviously not about human rights. So what is it about? We're going to take a brief break. Phyllis Chesler is my guest. You're listening to the USA Radio Network. We'll be right back. Musicians, save up to 55% off during Guitar Center Spring Savings Event. Come in and get hands-on with your dream guitar, drum set, keyboard, recording gear, DJ rig, and more. Get deals like an 88-key digital piano for just $149, a Tama Rockstar or Mapex Piccolo snare drum just $49, or a 15-inch powered PA speaker just $129. Save big on the gear you really want. Don't miss the savings this Easter weekend at Guitar Center. In-store and at GuitarCenter.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pen and jot down this special number. Call 800-919-8536. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for much less money. Call 800-919-8536. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99. Best of all, there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch. When you watch it, record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials, and watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Call 800-919-8536. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut cost and get more. Call today, 800-919-8536. That's 800-919-8536. Again, 800-919-8536. Turn down that radio! If this sounds familiar, you know it's time to address your hearing loss. But custom hearing aids can cost as much as $5,000 each and are not covered by Medicare. The good news is MD Hearing Aid offers medical-grade, FDA-registered hearing aids for savings of up to 90% over traditional hearing aids. MD Hearing Aid was founded by a Chicago surgeon determined to develop a hearing aid that was technologically advanced, simple to use, and most of all, affordable. Call 1-800-485-4408. You'll speak with a trained MD hearing aid professional who will match you with the best hearing aid for your needs. Over 100,000 satisfied customers have already made the call. Call right now for our exclusive 45-day risk-free trial and get free shipping and a year's worth of free batteries, a $50 value. But you have to call right now. Call MD hearing aid at 1-800-485-4408. That's 1-800-485-4408. 
Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates or low minimum payments. Before you know it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. It has happened to millions of good people just like you. But here's the good news. Thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and even reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. Call 800 991-6376 now. The call and information are free. Credit Guard has helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Call 800-991-6376 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-991-6376. That's 800-991-6376. Again, 800-991-6376. With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Don't miss out on big savings for a memorable Easter feast. Pick up a flavorful boneless carving ham for just $3.28 per pound or less. Plus, add a side of delicious green beans with oranges and herb butter for just $3.98 per pound. Top off with 35-count cluster-baked dinner rolls for just $4.98. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better in the club. See club for details. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. And my guest is author Phyllis Chesler. The book is The New Anti-Semitism. Check out Phyllis's page on Amazon. She has an incredible list of books that really are a, a pretty good cross-section of issues. Uh, certainly very intellectual material. Phyllis, I would suggest that given the fact that the left obviously doesn't care about human rights, otherwise they'd be talking about the 30,000 Syrians that have been driven out of the country. They Three are focusing on the state of Israel. Thank you very much. They're focusing well, on the state of Israel, which has a very good record of uh, military engagement, uh, better than the United States, actually, I mean, when it comes to dealing with the war situations. So why is it that they are doing this? And I would argue that it has to do with two things. Firstly, they don't, they, they, they don't like Israel because Israel is capitalist. Israel represents the free market. They're the startup nation. You've got creativity. You've got capital development. It's a threat to the whole Middle East in their authoritarian, oligarchic, putrid economies. And it's a threat to the communist ideal. And secondly, because Israel is Jewish. They despise religion, and they view Judaism as the font of belief in a creator of the universe, belief in a set of moral and ethical principles that transcend human manipulation, which is what they're into, and that they believe that that has to be destroyed. I mean, this goes back to Karl Marx's infamous pamphlet on the Jewish question, which was republished as a world without Jews. You know, Marx wanted to get rid of Jews because they stood for, quote, huckstering and uh, self-interest and they worshiped money and, and that kind of thing. I mean, this was these are things that stand in the way of their utopian ideology, this idea that creating a new kind of a man, a you know, an international beehive or whatever it is. And so they, they want they see Judaism as an obstacle and Israel presents a double threat in that it is both Jewish 
and that it's capitalist in that it embraces ideals of Judaism that set the stage for capitalism. So I think that's what this is about. It's nothing to do with Israel's human rights record, which is good. What say you? I agree with what you said, but um, let's remember that there's a 60 to 70 year history in which the Arab League, Soviet Russia, the Saudi states, and left-wing philanthropists like Soros, and there are many more like him, who carefully, patiently funded institutes on Middle East studies, which are propaganda mills for Jew hatred, and uh, devised curricula and brainwashed the entire Arab-speaking and Muslim world, larger than the Middle East, and at the same time, the Israeli government did nothing to combat this cognitive war, and American Jews did less than nothing. I know because I tried very hard, beginning in the 1970s and certainly by 1980, and colleagues of mine tried again in the 1990s, and there was simply a, an underestimation of the power of the battle of ideas. So the left point of view, which you're quite right, says that they're anti-racist, but in practice, Jew hatred is racism. And it, hmm. the left, which says that um, it's, uh, it's the democracy, bypasses, as you pointed out, the only democracy that's stable and amazing and miraculous in the region that is barbaric. So... Um, I think when it's Jews who are leftists, we have another set of issues, because that's opportunism. It's not self-hatred. Or or to be very fair, uh, Rabbi Hillel asked three questions. If I'm not for myself, you know, what am I? And many Zionists, both Christian and Jewish, answered that question. But Hillel also asked, if I'm only for myself, what am I? And the left liberals among the Jews are answering that question. We're for everybody else, but not for our own. We will be the first to criticize our own to prove that we're not in any danger and that we're repairing the world. And we unfortunately or fortunately have to answer, and then if not now, when is Hillel's third question? We have to answer all three questions. And respectfully, I suggest that we cannot act on the answer to all three at the same moment in history. So at this moment, Israel specifically is in existential danger. Iran, with whom Obama is about Mm -hmm. to make an alliance, Uh, Obama is really a prince of anarchy, plus much worse. He's making an alliance with the very country that hates America, that will fool and trick America, and which has its nuclear gun sights set on Israel first. Israel is America's ally. Yep. It makes no sense not to. Right, re- no, I couldn't agree more. All right, we're going to take one more break here. Phyllis, uh, we'll be right back. Thank you.
Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. How many more times is he going to need to come home drunk or high before you realize that unless he gets professional help, things are never going to get better? How many more times is she going to steal from you to pay for her habit before you finally admit that you need an expert to help you get the treatment she needs to get her life back on track again? At the American Drug Treatment Centers, we specialize in helping you and your loved ones conquer the demons of addiction. Whether it's drugs or alcohol, our network of centers are ready to help you get the loving treatment your husband, wife, or child needs to get his or her life back. If you've been asking for a sign or a direction on what to do, then consider this ad an act of fate. Call 800-461-3594 today for the real help you need to make real change. Again, 800-461-3594. That's 800-461-3594. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. We're back here at the USA Radio Network's Phyllis Chesler is my guest. The book is The New Anti-Semitism, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, major bookstores. Uh, Phyllis, I appreciate you staying on a little bit longer here. We're talking about a very important subject, which is exactly what is the motivation of the, uh, the anti-Semitism in the left. Now, you said two really extraordinary things here. Firstly, that uh, George Soros, actually, with his, uh, his, his Middle East studies and his propaganda he actually has been a f- he's fueled anti-Semitism in the Arab and Islamic world. You know, you'd think it was the other way around. Now, uh, as far as Jews not uh, not getting on board with uh, with this agenda, uh, with this understanding that th- that Israel faces an existential threat, and many of these people are actually not anti-Israel. They but the, but yet they don't seem to get it. I mean, I guess the, the question is, why is that? Well, no, Israel, you see, is now the Jew of the world. People no longer are, are admitting that they hate Jews, Jews as a people or individual Jews, although they're killing them all over Europe. Um, and they're attacking them viciously, verbally, on campuses in the West and in the media in the West and certainly in every human rights organization and at the United Nations, of course, uh, which has done only one thing effectively – in its life, which is legalized Jew hatred. Israel has become the Jew of the world, the whipping girl, the pariah nation-state. And when people um, tell big lies about the Jewish state, they say, no, no, this is all political. It's not about being uh, anti-Semitic. 
and what I strongly document in my book is, which is written to help people combat this massive disinformation and campaigns of denial that there's a problem or that Israel has caused the problem or that Jews have caused the problem, is that today anti-Zionism equals anti-Semitism. In the past, one could say, oh, everybody could discuss whether any people should have a nation-state, whether nation-states are good or bad ideas. Fine. Today you can't have that discussion until or unless you're talking about the right to exist of every other nation-state before you get to the Jewish nation-state. And that is indeed the discussion du jour, whether Israel has the right to exist, because even though its behavior and creativity and humanitarianism and scientific uh, its scientific progress is spectacular, precisely so. The nations that surround it are sunk in illiteracy, non-productivity, they are filled with envy, and worship death. That's the leadership. The individual civilians are simply at their mercy. So what do you do when you have a tyrant over you? What do you do when you're hard-pressed? You blame the Jew. And the Jew today is the yeah. Jewish state. No, I mean, it's, it's quite clear that uh, anti-Semitism, I think it was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King who said that anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. We do not and have his a, likes it, today in the yeah, what used true. to be the Black Jewish Alliance. We have race card hustlers and not the likes of Martin Luther King. So I would That's strongly right. urge people to read this updated version of the new anti-Semitism, which just came out, published by Geffen, and they're bringing out in May a new book of mine called Living History on the Front Lines for Israel and the Jews, 2003 to 2015. And I think it will uh, give people a good analytic roadmap of where we are, how we've come here, and what we therefore must do about it. Absolutely. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, for joining me, Phyllis. Great work. You know, you, you're a true. I mean, we could do, I could do a program with you on every one of your books. All <laughs> fascinating, all available. <laughs> on, and in fact, I probably will ask you to at some point. Anyway, Phyllis Chesler, thanks so much for joining me. Excellent. We, we shall. Take care. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you very much, Phyllis. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. They're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to usaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us.
Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Not all barbecues are the same. Not all guitar licks are the same. Not all motor oils are the same either. Valvoline Full Synthetic High Mileage with Max Life Technology actually is different. It's the superior protection of synthetic for cars over 75,000 miles. But don't just believe us. See for yourself at seeadifference.com. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. Did you get a new job last year? Or did you not get a new job because on the way to the interview, you remembered you're terrible at interviews, so you hired a guy off the Internet to do the interview for you and didn't really think it through because he got the job and is now very happy in his new position? Huh. No matter what you went through last year, answering questions like, did you get a new job, is much simpler. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. And again, I want to thank Sam Blumenfeld for joining me in hour number one. Phyllis Chesler for joining me just now, the author of The New Anti-Semitism and other excellent books, all available at Amazon. Check out her book page. Um, this is a very important subject, understanding the nature of the anti-Semitism that's out there today on the left. I understand the anti-Semitism of the Islamic world. I certainly don't like it, of course. But uh, you know, the, I get the fact that they've been propagandized to hate Israel, I think primarily by their own leadership, because Israel poses as a threat to the Islamic way of life, which is not democratic, which is authoritarian. And by the way, there have been some great Muslim leaders who have sought a friendly relationship with Israel, uh, particularly one that I get into in my book, The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism, and that being Ibn Hussein, King Hussein, not Hussein, King Faisal, Ibn Faisal, uh, first of Syria, then of Iraq. He, was, he lost his kingship in Syria because the French invaded Syria and, and deposed him, basically, in 1920. But uh, Faisal, who is considered to be a direct descendant of the Prophet Muhammad, who was viewed as the preeminent, if not one of the preeminent Muslim leaders of his time, which was in the immediate years after World War I, when the, when the Arab countries obtained their independence from Turkey after the first time in many centuries, 
he signed a peace agreement with Chaim Weitzman, who was the head of the Zionist organization, uh, both of whom were the heads of delegations to the Paris Peace Conference, which established the uh, League of Nations right after World War I. And uh, in signing this agreement, in February of 1919, Faisal, in London, with a uh, meeting with Weizmann, recognized the Balfour Declaration. The Balfour Declaration was uh, entered into the Paris Peace Conference, the League of Nations uh, Charter, as, a, as, a, as an official document. What that was was simply a statement by the British that they would recognize the Jewish national home in Palestine. All right, we'll be back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thanks so much, and uh, by the way, you're welcome to join the program, of course. 919-896-8198 is the number. 919-896-8198. Come on down. What's on your mind? As I was mentioning, King Faisal recognized Israel when he signed the um, what's known as the, the Weitzman-Faisal Accords in which he embraced the uh, the Balfour Declaration, which was a recognition of Israel by Great Britain at the time. This was 1918. And then uh, one year later, the uh, Palestine Mandate was set up, which was set up explicitly to help further the interests of creating a Jewish state. You could read the charter. It's all there. Faisal recognized Israel because he expected... Arab sovereignty in all of the newly liberated Arab states, states that he helped liberate by uh, fighting as the head of an army uh, alongside T.H. Uh, Lawrence, the Battle of Aqaba particularly, and that uh, he was hoping that these newly liberated Arab states would emerge into the Western world alongside Israel in alliance with Israel, and that Israel would help them develop modern economies, modern democratic institutions, modern technology, modern standards of living. His only condition for the small Jewish state in Palestine, 
And by the way, at that time, Palestine included Jordan, was that the uh, the Jewish state recognized the rights of the uh, Muslim minority and that they protect the Muslim holy places, both of which Israel has scrupulously done, by the way. And the Arab states did attain their sovereignty. Unfortunately, Faisal and other like-minded, enlightened Arabs, including his father, who was the Sharif of Mecca, including many Turkish politicians, their voices were supplanted by the more radical elements in the Middle East, namely the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, who helped set up the Muslim Brotherhood. And by the way, there was a lot of influence in that regard from the Soviet Union and then later from Nazi Germany, and then finally, after the defeat of the Nazis in 1945, again, the Soviet Union. In a way, it's the same unholy alliance that exists today between the more radical elements in the Arab and Islamic world and the left, people like Obama, for example, giving a green light to Iran for a nuclear bomb. So this is, you know, so we find out from Phyllis Chesler bringing things up till today, that George Soros, this pathological criminal who is wanted in England for manipulating the pound sterling, who made billions, he's one of the richest men of the world, for manipulating currency values, we find out that he is fomenting anti-Israel sentiment in the Western countries by uh, helping to finance Islamic studies and Arab studies departments and colleges, which are bent in an anti-Israel direction. They don't need to be, but they are, and possibly he's part of that. More recently, George, uh, George Soros' front group tried to uh, get rid of Netanyahu by pouring money into Israel to finance left-wing uh, politicians they received a grant also from the U.S. State Department, taxpayer money, to try to depose Netanyahu. In other words, our government would play a role in trying to oust a foreign government, in this case an ally, Israel. Um, and then Obama had the nerve to say that Netanyahu was interfering in, uh, that he would be interfering in Israeli politics if he uh, invited Netanyahu to the White House when he was here to speak, or he went to the speech. It was even worse than that. Obama's State Department actually arranged for visas to be issued to Israeli Arab politicians to come to the United States to learn how to engage in community organizing, a la Sololinsky. I mean, what's the difference between that and the Bay of Pigs landing in Cuba? or the Dulles brothers overthrowing the regime in Iran, by the Mossadegh regime, or, or Guatemala. I mean, at least those situations involved trying to stop a communist takeover in the Cold War, a real enemy of the United States. In the case of Israel, we're talking about an ally. And yeah, they didn't use guns. They didn't invade. But they did a lot of the same sort of tactics propaganda, money pouring in, community organizers trying to set up opposition. I mean, how destructive was that? We'll be done.
Okay, so you own a business and cash is tight. So what do you do when you need funds? Go to a bank? <laughs> yeah, right. Waste a lot of time, send tons of paperwork only to find out you need to personally guarantee your home, firstborn, and everything in between. Or you can just call the Business Funding Group. Yeah, it's fast and simple with a 95% approval rate and cash for any business purpose. Equipment, inventory, expansion, cash flow, payroll. Grab a pen or put this number in your cell phone, but call 1-800-684-5434. That's 1-800-684-5434. When you call, you'll find out how to quickly and easily easily get the cash you need up to 1 million dollars with no collateral no app or upfront fees and your credit rating is not a factor plus approvals in 12 hours and funds in 2 to 3 days call the business funding group at 1-800-684-5434 that's 1-800-684-5434 this is by far the fastest and best business loan you can possibly get call 1-800-684-5434 now You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks. Thanks so much, and we shall, uh, God willing, I shall be back tomorrow, the usual time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I will be off Friday for the Passover holiday. I'm going to be traveling to New York to attend the Seder with my wife's family. I shall be back the following Monday. You're welcome to check out my books, which are available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just go there and put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code, and you'll see about 15 books pop up. These are all, uh, you know, full-length books. They range in from the uh, two to four bucks a book, not too expensive. Uh, You might want to check them out. I'm very proud of these books. Check out Phyllis Chesler's books, too. They're fantastic. Let me just briefly rattle off what my books are here. Of course, the uh, World Nuts Alias book, The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism. Then I've got A Wig Manifesto, which is published by Trine Day Books. And Barney Frank and the Law of Unintended Consequences, How the Frank Amendment Helped Terrorists Get Legal Visas, published by iUniverse. And then you, then there are my ebooks. All, oh, they're all ebooks uh, on Amazon. My latest is the War Against Judaism, God, Christianity, and America. Then I've got the Counterfabians, Republicans in the Age of Obama. Was Hitler a leftist? The Socialist Bible. Why the Communist Manifesto is the world's second most important book. Acorn, the takeover of America. Bible Tabula Rasa, the book of Genesis. On the Jewish question, Karl Marx, anti-Semitism and the war against the West. The art and science of American money, how our money is created and why it matters. Apostles of evolution, the practical result of the evolutionary faith. American Testament, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, keys to America's future. American Spring Manifesto. And finally, Islamo-Communism, the communist connection to Islamic terrorism. Check them out at Amazon. Chuck Morris. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day, everybody. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen... 
Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com.